What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out here with us, enjoying, of course, the early start to your holiday month. We got more of these shows on the way before, of course, uh, the Christmas holiday rolls around. Hanukkah in the rear view, so happy Hanukkah to any of you out there that celebrate. Adam Kaufman, Greg Ehrenberg, and uh, we got a, a nice present on, on, on the way to all of us in the form of Thursday Night Football, Greg, because on the surface, I look at it and I say, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, I just want no part of this game in any way, shape, or form. I barely even want to talk about it. But then, then I feel like I need to give it the respect that it's due in this sense only. These are two teams that are still vying for playoff spots. Realistically, they are in the mix. This is an important game. It shouldn't be a laugher. We should see these teams going out playing hard, you know, for, for meaningful reasons. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ramp myself up into excitement by the end of this thing. Hey, good for you. I don't think you can do it for me, but I, I do agree. It, it is, are either of these teams likely to make playoffs? No, especially not after the Vikings lost to the Lions over the weekend. It's a game that if they would have won, they, they would have certainly been in a better spot. But if these teams want to have any kind of chance to make the loss, they probably have to win the rest of their games going in down the stretch. And it's not totally out of the out of the realm of possibilities. There are some injury situations to talk about. Adam Thielen isn't going to be playing. The Dalvin Cook situation is a super weird one because it looked like he was out for an extended period of time. Now, all of a sudden, it appears he's going to be playing today. So th there's certainly things to look at this game from DFS standpoint and find some talking points. All right. Well. In the uh, spirit of a roughly 25-minute show, I don't think we're going to have any problem filling time with, as you said, some uh, some key notes going into this one tonight. want to tell you, as we always do, though, we have, of course, partnered with our friends at Yahoo Fantasy throughout this NFL season. We join you each and every week talking about this great stuff to bring you some great offers. You can check out our exclusive limited-time offer. Gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. To qualify, you do have to be new to Yahoo. That is the uh, the the you know, little fine, fine detail here. It's, it's what you get in the fine print. You got to be new to Yahoo and uh, sign up for an account via the link below deposit, deposit, pardon me and play. That's it. Just that easy. Yahoo will send us your name after you play in your first paid contest. We'll reach out via email with your coupon. If you need immediate access, email support at osmo.com. We'll get y'all set up. You can also claim a free $10 of site credit by clicking in the link in the video description below, which can be used to enter any Yahoo contest, including tonight's $175,000 Thursday night football baller. Make sure you use your DFS tools and projections designed specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the best shot at winning big. So those are all the important things you need to be aware of beyond, of course, the game itself, just in terms of how all this works. It is a different platform than you may be used to playing. We encourage you to check it out. It does work a little bit differently with the pricing, with the projections, all of it. Good time to take advantage, obviously, of the Osmo Plus Platinum so you can get access to all of that great information, Greg. So let's dive right in. we got about 20 minutes to work with here. As we talked about Steelers, now I'm going to disagree with you at least, you know, slightly. I, I agree with you that the Vikings are are certainly a long shot to make the playoffs. To me, they're, they're really, you know, not even truly a, a contender with all the teams that are in front of them right now, and especially because of that heartbreaking loss on that final play to, uh, to the Lions on Sunday to give Detroit its first win. Steelers, though, more interesting. They are eighth in the AFC, so they're on the outside looking in just barely because, as we know, top seven teams in the conference will make it. They really helped their case in winning that tiebreaker with Baltimore last week and beating the Ravens so uh, you know looking at this thing I, I think the the big thing most people are expecting you tell me if you're expecting the same thing is a close game these two teams have played close close games 
throughout the entire season so far. You got Pitt at 6-1-1 one, and one in games decided by eight points or less, and uh, the Vikings at 4-7, and seven, but those seven losses a combined 28 points. So it's been kind of ridiculous, really frustrating, obviously, for Mike Zimmer. Some surprise Mike Zimmer even still has a job here at uh, at this point in the year after coming off that loss to Detroit. What are your overall expectations for this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, the, the spread, at least last I looked, was three points unless it's changed in the last few minutes. So all that yeah, considered, see as well. it, yeah, it, sh- it should be relatively competitive. I don't think this is necessarily the best site in the world for football projections. However, if we're talking about playoff odds, 538 does have their simulation model. They have the Steelers with an 18% chance to make playoffs, Vikings 28% chance. So likely no possible. Yeah, it's not, they're not totally dead. Like I said, they, these teams are going to have to go on a run to finish the season. Uh, but as for this game also, the NFL is on such a cold streak when it comes to primetime football games. So I'm hoping that, um, that we're due. Uh, maybe we're due for a, for a good game. And I, I don't buy into when we're talking about players. This guy sucked for a long time. He's due. The NFL is due for a good primetime game because it seems no matter what game, you probably enjoyed that that stupid Patriots-Bills game last week. But yeah, I did. Average, I enjoyed every second of it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, we've got a curve compelling Warner. football, 31 yeah. straight runs. Yeah, Kurt Warner amping up how impressed he was with Mac Jones. All right, let, well, Mac Jones didn't do anything in that game. Threw, but but yeah, yeah, I, whatever, we don't need to talk about that game. The, more yes, importantly, though, is that it, the NFL, these primetime games just seem cursed, where it's either bad teams, bad matchups, ends up being blowed, or you finally get a really compelling game like Bill's Patriots and playing in a tornado and nobody could throw the football. So at <laughs> least this one's being played indoors. It's, it's a tight spread. Let's, let's get a competitive, fun game to watch. So let's get into this then. At the quarterback position, Ben Roethlisberger, who is uh, projected for 16, 16 and a half points, according to uh, our Osmo projections, Alex Baker himself, $22 as compared to Kirk Cousins, who quietly is actually having a pretty good year. 18 projected points, uh, $31. So obviously you got to pay up for him. Thing is, based on the pricing in this game without a guy like Thielen, the giant question mark around Dalvin Cook, as you talked about, and we'll get to the, the running back and receiver positions going forward. But just in terms of, of taking that in, in the overall scope of pricing tonight, you have no issue getting both these quarterbacks into an optimal lineup, into your lineup out there, and you certainly don't have trouble paying up for Kirk Cousins. No, and uh, we'll start because you, you brought up Roethlisberger first and you listed the names. I think he's way washed. I think he's way over the hill. We've not seen a lot of volume from him passing the football. We haven't seen big uh, passing yardage games. I think the last time he had a significant passing yardage game was week three against the Bengals, if I remember correctly. But none of that matters when he's $22 because then you're starting to compare him to other players in his price range. And it's Chase Claypool's $21. Alexander Madison's $25 and he's likely going to be the backup now that Dalvin Cook is playing. And other than that, I mean, there just aren't other guys in that salary range to look at. So to me, Roethlisberger is a really strong play just kind of by default. 25 to three, the touchdown interception ratio for Kirk Cousins, though, on the other side. What are your thoughts on him, especially when you figure that, you know, Dalvin Cook, even if he is out there, he's he's certainly not at at full strength, full capacity. Who knows to what degree he's going to be involved in the passing game. Justin Jefferson is just out of control this year with some of the numbers that he's putting up here in his second season in the NFL. He's sitting second in the league, 1,209 receiving yards at this point in time. Cousins, the guy you feel a lot better about, obviously? Ish. So with Kirk (laughs) Cousins, I feel better about him than Ben Roethlisberger. However, 
we have to take salary into consideration here. Kirk Cousins is $31. Ben Roethlisberger is $22. He has a price point that's nearly 50% more expensive than Ben Roethlisberger. And it's not like we're projecting him to have 50% more fantasy points. So who scores more fantasy points on average in this spot? Kirk Cousins, who is going to be the better points per dollar play more often? Ben Roethlisberger, based on his price. So sometimes the price matters more than what my actual expectations are for performance. And Ben Roethlisberger, like we said before, is he's not really competing with anybody in his salary range. He's on an island by himself. Kirk Cousins is $31. Najee Harris is $31. Dalvin Cook is $28. Justin Jefferson is $32. We have Harris, Cook, and Jefferson all project with better odds of being a top-scoring player in this game. So with that in mind, Roethlisberger, to me, is the, is the best quarterback option. Is it also because of who he has available to him? You know, when you consider that there is no Adam Thielen, you know, so obviously that that instantly makes Kirk Cousins a little bit less appealing to what degree you can decide. But, you know, even as we get to in, in a little bit, some of the guys that are, you know, in, in good position to step up like a, a KJ Osborne, that sort of thing. He's still KJ Osborne. He's not Adam Thielen. So when you're looking at Roethlisberger and you look at Deontay Johnson, you look at obviously Chase Claypool and, and just the the targets that are available to him in terms of what they've done in the past. Does that add to Roethlisberger being more appealing at the price point anyway? Not really. You know, Roethlisberger's still missing Juju Smith-Schuster. So that's it's not really an injury situation. It's just the price point and the players these guys are priced around. You know, think about all these games that you and I have done together for these Thursday night games. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we'll see some of the upper echelon skill position players where it's like Cooper Cup could be $40 or something like that. Where we see guys who are really elite fantasy producers will be in that mid to upper $30 salary. Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson are all elite fantasy producers. And they're not really priced quite like it. And I think that they're individually better options than Kirk Cousins in the same salary range. So it's it's just a matter of where, where these guys are priced. Give us a like, hit the subscribe button if you're watching along on the Osmo YouTube page, if you're paying attention on the Twitter page as well as we are broadcasting live out there as well. We appreciate you. Thanks for being with us. If you have any questions, get them in, obviously, in the chat. We'll hit on anything we can to help you out before we do get out of here in about 15 minutes or so. So let's go to the running back position here, Greg, and that – you mentioned the rookie Najee Harris, who's having a great year. Obviously, he's uh, you know a lot of people playing Yahoo season long leagues are very excited if they drafted him. He's projected for about fifteen points. He is thirty one dollars, so he's not cheap. Obviously, um, let's before we even get to Minnesota, let's just stay with Pittsburgh for a second because Benny Snell, who is you know he's the flat minimum, he's ten dollars. He's only projected for a point and a half. It's nothing. I recognize, and I guess I'm just wondering. Is there any universe in your mind or how many lineups do you have to build for him to be an appealing punt play just because you kind of have these whispers coming out of Pittsburgh of, you know, we don't want to run Harris into the ground right now and we feel like we're working him a little too hard. Um, I would have to see it happen first because all indications are they're going to run Najee Harris in the ground, not because that that's what they've done so far this year, but because it's what they've done in the past with previous running backs. We've seen James Conner at one point. He was a workhorse back for them until he got hurt and had his concussion issues. Before that, for years, Le'Veon Bell took all of the snaps in the backfield for the Steelers. So I don't tend to think they're going to be changing anything up now. I do think it's an interesting talking point that you bring up there. And if it happens, so be it. But I'm not going to build my lineups around that, especially when you consider the Steelers' run game absolutely sucks. Najee Harris has been good for fantasy just based on volume, but he averages 3.6 yards per rush. He averages 6.8 yards per reception. It's just so much volume that goes to him. He gets 20, 25, sometimes even upwards of 30 touches in some of these individual games. 
So with that in mind, it's really hard to stay away from Najee Harris, not because I think he's going to be super effective on a per play basis, not because I think he's going to be really efficient, but because I just think he's going to touch the ball 25 times or so. So this could change, obviously, but just for giggles, you know, we tell you all about the Osmo Plus Platinum tools and all the great stuff that you need to use. I'm, I'm a big fantasy cruncher guy. Love to look at fantasy cruncher, look at the different projections, the Osmo projections. And, you know, I just ran a hundred crunches, which is, you know, so we're still a relatively small sample size compared to the thousands of lineups that are going to be built tonight on Yahoo. But just for the, for the sake of it, when you run a hundred crunches, Najee Harris is not in the optimal lineup. And he's only in, if you include superstar spot and, you know, just utility spot, he's only in 16%. He's in 16 of these 100 lineups. Does that come in incredibly low to you, especially, you know, obviously based on everything you just said about his usage tonight? Um, not really, just because once again, just kind of looking at some of the projections, if you're just running optimal lineups, we have Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson in the same price range with way better likelihoods of landing the optimal lineup or being a top scorer. So for, for example, in our, in our simulations, we've got Najee Harris is the highest scoring player in this game, 13.5% of the time, $31. Dalvin Cook is $28. He's the top scorer 22.1% of the time, or you could pay one more dollar for Justin Jefferson compared to Najee Harris, and you're getting a 22.3% chance to be a top scorer in the game compared to 13.5% chance we just said that Najee Harris has. So you're looking at these other guys. Harris is clearly, to me, a weaker option than Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook is up for debate because we could talk about the injury risk. Super, super difficult to project Dalvin Cook today. And something that I think we probably need more information on the next couple hours. Hopefully, beat reporter isn't Ian Rappaport will come out and give us actual accurate information on what we could expect from Dalvin Cook and Alexander. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was laughing. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, he's he's the worst. It's just every, everything he says, it seems like the opposite comes true. Uh, but... So if you compare them, at least in our current projections to the guys around them, you're getting a cheaper price on Dalvin Cook with a better chance to be in the optimal lineup. And you're getting one extra dollar on Justin Jefferson with about double the odds of being the top scorer in the game. So Dalvin Cook on the other side, projected right now for about 16 and a half, 17 points. He's $28. You mentioned it, Alexander Madison, as the backup, if in fact Cook does play, $25 projected for about seven points, incredibly steep price for a backup. Assuming we find out Cook is in there, Madison auto fade for you, or are you putting him in some of your lineups just because, you know, maybe Cook doesn't hold up over the course of a game, or maybe, you know, he's out there for very few reps. Well, I hate to be a fence rider, but I just don't really think we have enough information. So I'll lay out some of the scenarios that we could get yeah. once we have more information. If Dalvin Cook is going to start and play his normal role, there's no reason to consider Alexander Madison $25. It's a massive price tag for somebody who's probably only going to carry the ball a few times. However, if it's a situation where it's a split between Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, I don't really like either of them very much. And I would lean maybe a little bit towards Madison just because once you start to see that, oh, maybe Dalvin Cook's going to be limited, then I have to start questioning in what capacity is going to be involved in the game plan. But... I think the most likely scenario is probably that Dalvin Cook plays and gets somewhat close to his normal role just because of where the Vikings are in the standings. They just lost the game to the Lions. They're on the fringe of the playoff race. We just talked about how desperate both these teams are to win games and get into the playoffs. They don't really have a choice. What are, what are they playing for? They're not saving Dalvin Cook for later in the season. And maybe it's a situation where they find out Dalvin Cook, hey, it's, it's a pain tolerance thing. He doesn't have any risk of long-term injury. 
let's just run them out there until we either make it to the playoffs or get eliminated. And if we get knocked out, then we just sit down and cook down the stretch. But for now, they, they kind of need to use them. Looking at it right now, I mean, Alexander Madison said three good games this year. Three. And it's, you know, largely when obviously Dalvin Cook has been a, a you know, non-factor as in unavailable. So we'll see, like you said, but I think you laid out the scenario as well. Again, if people have any questions, get them in. Looks like there's some agreement with you in the chat, unsurprisingly, about, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook and, and what kind of role that he could play in this one. Most people saying that if, uh, you know, not assuming a regular work, workload for him. Let's go to the receivers here. Deontay Johnson, 14 uh, or 14 projected points, is $28. Chase Claypool, I mentioned, he's $21, projected for about 10 points. On the other side, Justin Jefferson, about 17 projected points, $32. But obviously, he's been rewarding people left and right all throughout the season, so wouldn't let that scare you off. And then a really interesting guy, whether as a, a waiver wire pickup out there, free agent pickup at this point for your season-long leagues, those that are in the playoffs or chasing playoff spots, or obviously just in the interest of single-game format for Yahoo tonight, KJ Osborne, eight and a half projected points. He is $15. There's no Adam Thielen. What do you expect from Osborne in particular tonight? More snaps, more targets. And once again, going back to the pricing this game, we have KJ Osborne at $15. With He's not very likely to be the top scorer in this game, but he still has a decent chance to be in the utility spot to be in the optimal lineup. And he's much better uh, upside, in my opinion, than the guys priced around him. I'd rather roster KJ Osborne than Pat Fryermuth. Fryermuth's been solid as of late, but he's a little bit too touchdown dependent for me. Then you got Tyler Conklin at tight end. I don't think that he is going to see quite the same boost that KJ Osborne does. And there just aren't other guys really in this price range. Then you get down to guys like Ray Ray McLeod, Kalen Balage, Benny Snell, and these are just min price guys that are flyers that don't have a real realistic chance of landing in an optimal lineup. So in that mid range, I think that KJ Osborne playing a bigger role in place of Adam Thielen is, is the top is the top value in the teens. On the other side, do you have any trust in Johnson or Claypool? So Claypool is a massive has a massive upside. He's a big play receiver, always always potential for any for a long touchdown at any given point in time. Although we haven't seen him score as much this year as he did in his rookie year. So at $21, not a high priority play for me, but I don't mind getting to him. Deontay Johnson at $28, however, I think he's going to be somebody that just doesn't quite make the cut for me in a lot of lineups for Yahoo. The reason being is the players we have projected ahead of him. Ben Roethlisberger, $6 cheaper. We've projected with a better chance of being a top scorer. Then we've got Kirk Cousins, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. These guys are all in the same price range as Deontay Johnson and just project much better. So unless something changes with Dalvin Cook, where we have the, the salary to potentially play with, and, and what I mean by that is if Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison are both taken off the table, then I think Deontay Johnson becomes a little bit more relevant. But as it stands right now, I have to prioritize Roethlisberger. Cousins, Harris, Cook, and Jefferson all, be, all before Deontay Johnson makes it difficult for me to fit them into lineups. The top tight ends here are not exactly the Kelsey's and Kittles and Wallers of the world. Obviously, you mentioned Pat Fryermuth, who has uh, actually had some good games so far this year, and he's certainly gotten a lot of targets from Ben Roethlisberger, which always makes him appealing. But he and Tyler Conklin on the other side, these two guys, very similar in terms of the way we project them and the way they are priced here on Yahoo. You got fourteen bucks for Conklin, projected for about eight points. Fryermuth projected for uh, eight, you know, a percentage points higher, eight and $16. So, you know, which of these two guys, if either one, are you going to gravitate to? 
I don't love either of them, but there's also kind of a situation where we're, we're almost forced to get some exposure to both these guys just because I talked about how much I like KJ Osborne, mostly because there aren't the many, many there aren't the many guys to compare him to in the teens uh, in terms of salary. Fryermuth and Conklin at sixteen and fourteen dollars. Unless we're looking to play defenses, the Steelers at ten dollars, the Vikings at fourteen dollars. The options are really thin here. So certainly to make salary cap work, there is some necessity to play Tyler Conklin and Pat Fryermuth. I'd rather get to Kaya J. Osborne. So Conklin, Fryermuth, lower priority options, but viable in the teens by necessity because we need to save salary somewhere. I'm guessing because as you know, you highlighted earlier, it's it's in Minnesota. It's an indoor game. Weather obviously is not going to be a factor. While neither offense is necessarily potent and dynamic, you know, you kind of have a couple of middling offenses, albeit with a pretty good pass game overall on the Minnesota side. Neither DST probably jumps out at you. And again, similar projections pricing a little bit different the Steelers about six and a half projected points $14 uh the Vikings at uh, about six and a half projected points as well but the flat minimum ten dollars if I would argue I, I think probably the the pricing difference just pretty much comes down to TJ Watt and a potential defensive player of the year who already has 16 sacks obviously on the year and he's chasing a uh an overall franchise or not just franchise record, but NFL record, Michael Strahan back in the early 2000s. So what do you think of the DSTs here? So not much for, for starters. Uh, I think there's a little bit more upside with the Vikings, but they're $4 more expensive. So I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the Steelers have TJ Watt. TJ Watt leads the NFL in sacks. Maybe he can make a play, strip stack, force a fumble. And they're only $10. So that is certainly something that's appealing to me because there's nobody else at $10 that really makes sense. These are the players we have with the best odds of, of being top scorers in the game. We've got, in terms of min salary, we've got the Steelers with an 8% chance to be in the optimal lineup. Then you start to look at guys like Ray Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod, Kalen Balaj, Benny Snell, all options sub 1% likely. So I think the Steelers, just because that 8% probability is a little bit better looking than the other players who are min-priced, it makes them viable. But once again, not something I'm dying to go play. More of a situation where, hey, if I need to pay somebody for, for min-price and there's no other options, the Steelers would be the way to go. See somebody in the chat saying, oh, I'm late to the show. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, we are going to leave in a couple minutes here. You can just go back, just rewind to the beginning of the YouTube feed and, and watch it. Hell, you can watch it in half the time on double speed. That's what I like to do a lot of the time, just in the interest of blowing through stuff. But uh, yeah, listen to it and and, uh, and enjoy. We uh, we encourage that you do so. Superstars. I think, uh, you know, again, we don't have a lot of time left in the show here, Greg, but I think it's one of the most interesting conversations, obviously, because you do have a few guys you could very easily make a case for. And shockingly, one of them is not Dalvin Cook. Typically it is. Usually it's, it's borderline automatic, not the case with everything that we already outlined. So it's the quarterbacks and it's Jefferson. Who do you feel is the safest play? The safest play is Justin Jefferson, although I, I disagree with you that Dalvin Cook isn't in play. We need a little bit more information, but I think if people aren't going to play him in the superstar spot, we still have him with a 22.1% chance to be the top scorer in the game. There's just a really wide range of outcomes. It's not necessarily a bad thing for tournaments. It doesn't make him, in terms of your question, is he safe? No, he's not safe whatsoever. But there's certainly the chance that he goes out and plays his normal workload and the ceiling is still there for him. The probability is low, but I'm willing to chase the ceiling and play him in the superstar spot. I'm actually more apt to play him in the superstar spot than I am the utility spot. 
just because I think that the upside is so high in the event that he gets to his regular playing time. But I, I, I don't want to play him in the utility spot quite as much. Justin Jefferson, safest option for sure. 23.3% projected chance in our, in our model of being the top scoring player in the game. Yeah, and at the moment, he is the superstar spot in the optimal lineup as well. I just think, and I'm assuming that you agree with this. I mean, you've basically said it a bunch of times throughout this show. We're sitting here right now, roughly five hours away from lock in this game starting. I think more information not only has to come out, but will come out. And it's just going to shake up what we're looking at for, for lineup builds right now anyway. So, you know, we say this all the time, but if, if there's anything based on what we have right now that I can really implore to the people is, you know, don't lock anything in right now. I mean, this is, I know sometimes it feels like a job or whatever, depending on how many lineups you're building and exporting and whatever you're doing, you may have to step away from dinner because, you know, I don't think you really want to lock in your lineup until like five, 10 minutes before this game starts, given all the uncertainty we have right now. Yeah. And the main one is just going to be, be on the lookout for what happens with Dalvin Cook because I wouldn't be surprised if we get a report that he's not even going to play or he's only going to play an emergency situation later. As of right now, I'm assuming him, Madison, both play, both get snaps. Remains to be seen, though. Something that you guys should be subscribing to the channel, liking the video, and stick around for the NFL Live Before Lock later because those guys will have more updated and accurate information. And as Greg was just talking about, there's a lot of great shows on the way here over the course of this uh, day here on the Osmo YouTube channel coming up in about, uh, well, three, four minutes. You got the jock market NFL Thursday night and Sunday preview live show. It'll be uh, Aton Nerick along the way, Aton LaMarca at 430 for the uh, leaderboard live pre-show as well. So that'll be coming up NBA deeper dive at five, Josh and Adam, uh, Eric and Greg, Greg coming back at six o'clock for NBA live before lock. You got NFL showdown live before lock seven, 15 to eight, 20 Lafayette, Alex and Ben's just uh, a lot of great stuff on the way, obviously uh, between now and the start of this contest. And don't forget, obviously about those NBA games tonight. So our thanks to Tyler, our producer for keeping us in check, all of you in the chat for being along with us. We uh, always appreciate you guys. Greg and Adam, time flies. Be back with you tomorrow looking ahead to Sunday. But uh, good luck tonight first. Greg, catch you soon, pal. Do some laundry. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll see about that. <laughs>